Sing it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing ass says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. The giggling from Scott Stantis, who joins me in the studio, <laughs> makes me think that perhaps he has not heard my uh, theme song yet. No, I have not this first time in studio, first time uh, listening to your uh, theme song. Excellent. That's why my very good friend Steve Goody well, uh, wrote good, that song for me. He did a goody job. Thank you. And uh, you know what? I might actually see if I can get it. I want to um, I might commission him for an, another song as well. Uh, he's he's really funny. SteveGoody.com for all of his uh, parody songs. He plays at the Bluebird in Nashville. He's the uh, MC for their open mic on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Is he cool. good? He's very good. He's wildly talented, actually. As are you, Scott Santos. Huh. Column, uh, not column, sorry. Cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune, amongst many others. How yeah. are you doing? Welcome I'm back. I'm doing great. Yeah, it's great to be back in Chicago. I, it's been a while, so it's nice to see. And um, boy. Yes. Well, boy, what? <laughs> just, weekend, the weather's pretty decent, right, yeah, it's for not, December? Well, what was it? Yesterday was the highs in the 20s. That was kind of... Oh, yeah. It is a little erratic. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah there's that. But it was but, sunny. You know, that's what I love about Chicagans. It's like, you know, the weather can kill you outside, but it's sunny. It was sunny. <laughs> Today's kind of... It's kind of balmy out today for, uh, for it December. It was nice. It was actually... Yeah, I only had to wear three layers of clothes. It was yes. great. It well, was awesome. Well, that's the trick. You know that. <laughs> How long did you live here in Chicago before you moved back? Ten to, years. Ten years, yeah. So yeah. You, you had ten, ten winters. Yeah, yeah. I was just uh, thinking back. You know, we used to we do stuff on another station. Mm-hmm. I don't we, know. We, we talk about it sometimes. It's oh, okay. Easy. Okay. Yeah, you're allowed. All right. I'm just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just, okay. I've uh, this, this audience. Many people are familiar with the uh, trials and tribulations that we endured at WGN. Yeah, it was interesting. And I just uh, walking back from your or walking to your show because it was 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> How about the night that we did? Uh, we I filled in for Matt Bubala and we were there from 2 to 5. And that was the night we did the uh, wine pairings with Halloween candy. We're still which... getting over that. <laughs> we are. You're getting over the fact that we can't do it again? <laughs> yeah, that's it. No, it was. And, and Alex, Alex, Adam uh, Selzer was with it. And he and I were sitting next to each other at this table. And for some reason, all all of the wines that were being paired with the you know, the Halloween candies, which was fantastic experience. Yes. But they all stopped in front of us. And so Adam and I are like, you know, there's children going to bed without wine in this country. We're going to do our duty. <laughs> and yeah, it got... It got out of hand? It got a little slurry. It was so fun, though. That was a, that was a very memorable evening. But speaking of that, our friend uh, Carissa Schaefer, who had the Knife and Tine restaurant in Lincoln yeah. Park on Fullerton, she's opening a wine shop not far from here in Park Ridge called Patina Wine. And so I'm excited about That's that. That's fantastic. Is she's it going to be restaurant two? Or? I don't know yet. I haven't had a chance to connect with her. I mean, I, I congratulated her and she's crazy busy and, you know, having to survive this the pandemic working in the restaurant industry so i'm just excited she's going to be nearby because she's a magician when it comes to restaurants yeah Yeah. and we heart her hard she's just great amazing and her husband wyatt was the sommelier that paired all the the halloween candy and wine which i know i realize we're far away from halloween now but uh, it was uh, for those of you out there who've never done this had your snickers paired with a heavy merlot or (laughs) your corn your your candy Candy corn corn. Uh with prosecco Mm mm-hmm which on the face of it, you go, ooh, and then you have it and you go, my life has changed forever. 
It was, yeah, it was wonderful. It was my homage to uh, my friend Christina Bloomer, who was a, the wine diva from that station. She was a regular on Steve Cochran's show, and she used to do that. And uh, my favorite thing would be when Cochran, would, when Cochran, when someone would call and say, "What goes with uh, with popcorn balls?" and Steve would say, uh, a, "A visit to the doctor's office." That was my favorite. <laughs> I'm sorry, because you know I have the brain of a 12 year old boy sometimes. Uh, sometimes. Sometimes. Sure, let's say sometimes. Yes, it was. Uh, but it's good to have you back. Uh, do you? Do you miss oh, very much. Chicago? We've yes. Been missing it a lot. Been mm-hmm. missing, um, you know, we live down in River North and just, it was my first time, our first time, my wife Janine's my time living in a, like a really urban setting. You know, we were suburban, born and raised and it was very cool to come back yeah. and, um, and, and to live that experience. And I mean, we miss it a lot. We and, do. I, 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 I've been to Birmingham, Alabama. They have good barbecue. Yeah. The weather's nicer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I get back home, it's going to be in the 60s, so that'll be nice. And you have a pool, so that's cool. Yeah. And, do, do you have a dog? I'm trying to remember. not. not no. You were, you were sitting, you had, you had a dog in one of our Facebook lives. Yeah, we were, like we're dog sitting. Dog sitting. My, my, my grand dog. And, but you have no interest in, in adopting a dog? We like traveling. Well, so yeah, it's kind of, uh, Janine came up with a great idea, and I think this is a spectacular idea, and that's dog sharing. That is two to three families own the dog. Mm, I kind of like that too. Yeah. I won't be allowed to. When I used to go door knocking when I was running for office, I was often on my Bluetooth. So Steve was on the other end, like walking with me if I was by myself and he could hear my voice when uh, a door opened and there was a dog barking. And I'd be like, oh, look at you gorgeous. He goes, you cannot have a dog. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot have a dog. It's a responsibility. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I miss having a dog. Um, but I am so, well, I am very happy to have you back in Chicago, but do you miss sort of being in the aside from everything else, the political energy of Chicago is a little bit different than the political energy of Alabama. Not uh, better or worse, no, just actually, different. It's not even that different. They're, they're both one party states, and that creates yeah. problems in its own right. Yeah, I, that's that's uh, accurate. I saw that. So our social media guru uh, Jerry Walski, who's my collaborator, uh, posted your uh, cartoon with uh, Ed Burke uh, on a tr- in, a, in a tree with all the <laughs> yes. dogs uh, chasing him up the tree. Were you surprised that uh, Alderman Burke uh, chose to retire? Oh, of course. I mean, yeah. you just assume you really did just assume that he would drop dead in office. But um, his wife, who is a Supreme Court justice here, also retired recently. So it's, it's, it follows. Plus, he's being investigated. So maybe I don't. Does that have something to do with it? I what mean, being investigated? That, yeah, that he for him retired? Not, yeah, I haven't. You know, it's funny. I haven't. I haven't talked to too many people in City Hall. Uh, a lot of candidates. Everyone that's running is uh, is so busy. Uh, every time I ask, because a lot of candidates are have a lot of challengers this time, and there are a lot of empty seats because you saw that a lot of folks chose not to run again and retired. Uh, and I and there's a lot of. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but there is a lot of chaos in City Hall. What? <laughs> it is really... Next thing you're going to tell me there's corruption. And I will not stand for that, Ms. Vasquez. I will not. Uh, I, yeah, it's a, it's a lot going on in, the, in City Hall. We have uh, 11 candidates for mayor. Yeah, and it's so funny because... Uh, when did we sit down? When did we talk to Lori Lightfoot? Because you gave her a cartoon. You gave it to John O'Malley. Who did you give that cartoon where she's pulling the plug out of the machine? Oh, I, I it was. I forget. Yeah, I think it was O'Malley. John O'Malley. Yeah, yeah her deputy, and, uh, deputy mayor of safety, public safety. Okay. Yeah, he ended up being, and he he also stepped up from that job. <laughs> I know. I, I, I don't. <laughs> so yeah, she, yeah. In fact, I did one of Rom, uh, and it's the only thing from the Chicago Tribune he had in his office. Oh, really? You know, he had the, the tchotchke corner sure. or whatever they have. 
And uh, yeah, it was my cartoon, and that went away pretty quickly, apparently. But for a while, it was, they they had it, you know. Yeah, I I I, I, I don't know where she has it. It's interesting. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I I don't know how I feel about this mayoral election at all. There's well, 11 candidates. And do you like any of them? I you know I'm going to reserve my opinions and, and see how I was. I've been listening. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Scott, I've been telling this story. I've been telling this story over the last few weeks uh, because I I was thinking about when I was up for the job at WPR, Wisconsin Public Radio, and you were one of my references and you were one of the people encouraging me to go for this job. But there was one question they asked each one of my references, you, Senator Katowski, and the former manager at Zaney's. uh, They asked you what question uh, can Patty keep her opinion to herself? Yeah, which (laughs) I'm pretty sure your dramatic pause killed the job. To herself? Define opinion. Yes. <laughs> Define self. Yeah, it was. It wouldn't. Have, I mean, if that's the question they had, then it was not a good fit for me, right? I mean, I can't. They even we were. We, they took me out for lunch, and they said, even if you're sitting at a table like this, we you can't have a conversation about your thoughts on President Trump. Like that was one of the because someone might overhear me yeah. as a host from WPR. I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to work. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that that didn't seem. That, you know, you dodged a bullet. I don't, I don't think know. that that would have been. I know, but like the the pay, the benefits, the you know full ride. If Griffin wanted to go to the University of Wisconsin, you know, closer closer to family, was, I don't know, you know, and also getting kind of you know a liberal parachuting into another a purplish state. Red, it's more red. I don't know. What would you say? It's got a Democrat as a governor. No, it's a weird. It's, it's a, a really there's weird a lot state. of weird. Uh, you know, the, uh, the 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 urban centers are are Democratic. The outlying areas are. Republican, we'll use that word loosely from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, see so a lot of Trump signage out there in old central oh, yeah. Wisconsin. Well, and Ron Johnson. I mean, it wasn't a big lead, but you know, and they have the, they don't have a super majority. They don't have a super duper majority like Democrats do. And, and uh, do we have a super duper? I think we have a. I think it's, pretty, I think we're pretty, pretty close. Yeah. To well, and that's the thing about, I mean, you know, we talk about, do I miss the politics here? This last election, there's really no politics there. I mean, after the primaries, you had. Um, you know, from from JB down, there really wasn't any competition. Did you read the? Um, and I, I'm sorry, if, yes. if those of you listening to the show, you can just talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but Patty, did you read the uh, Politico? Was it Politico or was it the uh, Chicago Tribune? The the, the 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 exit exam for for Bailey for Bailey? I did not read. I saw I saw something about it, and I did not uh, look into it. What did it say? It's it, it said. He, he didn't get elected. His his whole take was he didn't have enough money to get his message out. He couldn't go dollar for dollar against. I, I think that uh, calling uh, Chicago a hellhole might have been over uh, and over and over. Might have been again. a poor choice. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. I don't know. Do they, I didn't know they did. They, they, they do they often do like exit interviews when somebody. Loses? I think they do. I was struck me. Do you remember Brady? Um, I want to say Pat, but no, it wasn't Pat. It was okay. uh, it was a state senator downstate, of course. Got the Republican nomination. I'm sorry, to, like I said, this a while ago, 2010. Ran against Quinn when Quinn ran. Okay. After he had succeeded to, succeeded to the uh, governorship after uh, Bogorovich went to, you know, jail. Right. Um, <laughs> yes. And so, but Brady, I mean, that's one of my favorite stories of my career is that Brady... Do we, have a, do we have a minute? Yeah, go ahead. Real quick, for those of you who don't remember this, uh, the Repo- he wins the Republican nomination. Kind of a surprise. Downstater, backed by the Illinois Policy Institute and Dan Proft and those guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, um, 
So you know what kind of guy he is. He goes down and they had the uh, lame duck session, right, before before the general election. And he, he, he proposed two pieces of legislation. First of all, one of the biggest uh, employers in his district was insurance companies. So he pushed a bill, didn't go through, if, that, do you remember this? Am I ringing any bells, folks? No. That cervical cancer, that cervical um, uh, pap, smear, pap smears and breast cancer and uh, uh, mammograms cancer. could not be, were not mandatory to be covered by insurance. In the great state of Illinois, so okay, so he's he, out of the shoot before he even gets in, gets running. He's he's pushing a bill that's in favor of cervical cancer and breast cancer. Yeah. Okay, that's strike number one and two. Yeah. Third piece of legislation he tries to is is a veterinarians in the state. Uh, apparently, they have a lobbying firm. Came to him and said there is a restriction as to how many dogs or animals you could euthanize in a day. What? And, and they wanted that lifted so they could, you know. I don't know. I guess I'm assuming they Mass wanted it because euthanasia. Yeah. yeah, and so he he sponsored that bill. So here's the thing: Look at the expression on your wife's face, by the way, in the <laughs> studio. She's like, "What horribleness here's is that?" Brady's, so here's what he's running out right out of the gate: is he's pro cervical cancer, pro breast cancer, oh and pro God. killing puppies. So I always drew him. I don't know if you remember how I used to always draw him. He was, he'd always be walking holding two two bouquets of dead puppies. Oh, God. That's, a, that's significant. Uh, let me take a look. We're going to take a break right now because uh, I want to see if we're can – we, are we able to go Facebook Live? Some folks are texting that we're not on Facebook Facebook Live. And we can go ahead and open up the final phone lines if you're up for it. If we, if we are, have that ability, that would be great. 773-763-9278 is a number to call and join us, uh, whether you want to text or give us a holler. Scott Stan joins me in studio. He's a political cartoonist. You can see him in the Chicago Tribune as well as, Scott? The Dallas Morning News. Uh, boy, other places. The 1819 uh, News. Um, boy, where else? A whole we'll, bunch. We'll oh, in Prickly City. The oh, comic strip. Of course. I was going to ask about Prickly City because I saw one of the one of the cells. Is that what we call it? The cells? Sure. I'm not sure what's called a cell. That seems weird. I'm not sure what you're calling. That seems weird. More in a moment on WCPT 820. I'm Patty Vasquez. We're driving it home till 7. Thanks to our sponsors, Kids Above All, Warren Price's European and U.S. Car Service, as well as Monaco Brewing. We, ooh, we're going to have a live event uh, at a location next week. I'll tell you about that when we come back on WCPT 820. Heartland Signal. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at Arminetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and Famous Liquors in Lombard, as well as in Chicago at A&S Wine and Spirits, Back of the Yards, and Grand Western Liquors, Ukrainian Village. Please drink responsibly. Some got busy, some got lazy, some got creative, some went crazy. Couch potatoes, avoiding respirators, we all got pretty big round the equator. Shopping online, working online, zooming all day, no pants, that's fine. Hiding at home from civilization, here's what I did over my pandemic vacation. In chronological order, more or less, with the non-political songs first. Cause not everybody wants to hear what I think politically, and I understand that, but honestly, how could anyone get through the past 18 months without one political thought? 
<laughs> Wanted to give uh, Scott Santos a little more of uh, Steve Goody. I've got several of his songs. I should load up his uh, Christmas music too. Uh, they, they, he and uh, Bradley Tassel do a Kvetchmas Christmas. So they do Hanukkah <laughs> and Christmas. And it's quite wonderful. They'll have two performances online uh, coming up in the next few weeks. So we'll uh, we'll get them both on to let people know about those events. Uh, we, I know Scott, you wanted to talk about you and I have uh, talked about the the railroad strike a couple times on whiskey and a cookie. Yeah, and you yeah. have friends that work uh, or have yeah, a friend a conductor. Who's, who's told you like how bad it is for employees? It is it is awful. It is absolutely awful. And here's the thing: I'm going to go on a rant against Democrats, and not in the way you think. <laughs> I know not in the way you think I usually am. But if you're a union member and a union supporter, and by the way, I know this is going to shock some people. I am for private industry, and I think that the, uh, private industry has ridden roughshod over the union movement for the last uh, you know twenty thirty years. Um, so these guys on the railroad, and the railroad, this will shock you, Patty. I hope you're sitting down. But oh. management screwed these guys over and uh, fired 40% of yeah. their staffing, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone's schedule got completely dis- – and they started what they called railroad scheduling. And for those of you out there who don't know that that, that is, essentially is you are – well, uh, they're 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 dog. It's seriously, it's, it's it, the way it's it's constructed is that if you you're working, let's say you're working here, and you love working here, you do, you enjoy your job, and you but you're done, you've had a long day, you're walking out the door. They can literally say, "Patty, we need you to do another eight hours." They can literally do that in the railroad business. I would not like that. No, and it's a. T- I would weep. I would. I would just. And, and here's the thing: not just if they did ask me, anticipating whether or not they would would make me crazy all day long. Yeah. Like, and no scheduled, uh, no no guaranteed time off for for health. Well, let's say you're, you're you know you can't say when you're sick. You can't say when your kid's going to need to go to the doctor. But if you do that, it's unpaid leave, and you have a finite number of unpaid, unscheduled leave. So if you hit that number, adios, you're gone. I'm sorry, it's a lot, so much wrong. It's not just they're being paid. They felt a fairly fair salary. So when the Biden administration negotiated the first settlement. Um, you know, they said, you get a pay raise. Well, that's nice. Can I have my life back? No, you cannot. Right. <laughs> no, you cannot. So my 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 anger with the Democratic Party is for, for decades, ever since I was a kid and long before that, they were the party of union. Before organized. you were a kid? Before I was born. <laughs> yeah, I was never. <laughs> that's aggressive. That's a, I was right, actually impressive. worked in Republican yes. politics back in the day, so I was probably never an actual child. Um, but anyway. <laughs> Yikes! But uh, the the Democratic Party supporting the the union movement was what they were all about. You just you know that was their that was their their brand. So what the Biden administration, what the Democrats in the House and Senate have done by uh, bringing by um, enforcing this law that says that the railroad cannot go on strike. Now railroad strike would have been awful. You and right. I both it would have been terrible. Yeah, but. In the absence of doing better, what, yeah. what are we supposed to do now? Wait, because here's the thing: it, it signals to the the you know the, the powers that be, the people with the money, that uh, you know if you push to the brink of something like this, you can do whatever you want because we'll just make sure that it goes away for a little bit. Right, yeah. and that's and that's nuts. And if I was a union, if I, and I am, like I said, a union supporter, but if I was also a Democrat, I'd be furious. I would be furious with this Democratic Party for for doing that to them. I understand why they did it politically; it would have been catastrophe. But you also have, you know, a, a, an opportunity. The president had a great opportunity to say, "This is going to hurt." Well, here's my question. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that, 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 but you, what you my question my, is, you get my gist. Yeah, I do. My question is, you know, what what's their answer for what? What are the railways answer for not wanting to give them flexibility in their scheduling? They don't want to. 
But that's it. That's right. pretty so, much it. They're under. They're horribly understaffed, and they can screw their working people. You know, I mean, the the my friend, the conductor. You know, um, and it has happened. We were supposed to meet for uh, coffee, and he said, "Oh, I can't go. I got re- I got." I got called in. Really? How does he ever relax? How do you ever he, let your guard down from you could be called in at any minute? You, you, he doesn't. I yeah. mean, he, he really is. It's an awful. And, you know, we talk about work-life balance, and this is like the worst example of that in America. <laughs> you know, it really is. Um, and, and so they had a, you can say these, I mean, without any argument, really, and no, no serious person can argue this, that they had a legitimate uh, complaint and a legitimate reason to strike. And for the and it, and it was the Demo- it was it was President Biden and the Democrats in the House and Senate said no you can't do it. Yeah, I, I was not pleased with the fact that they would not uh, that they were basically forcing them to take a, a this temporary agreement in the you know yeah and, and just delaying and, and going into the holiday season as well. Well, the temporary agreement was like everyone you know do you remember everyone was happy because no one really knew the details of what was going on. Says so, well they got a pretty they got a nice raise and, and, and on the face Which is of not it, what they were working they no, were not fighting for it that. It wasn't the money at all. No. It was working conditions and scheduling and being able to spend time with your family and if your kid gets sick or your parents need uh, unexpected attention, you had you have the option to do that. You don't have that if you work for the railroad, which right. is nuts. Yeah, it's it is it's not sustainable either because they've already the the amount of railway traffic they have. You and I talked about this yesterday when we were having brunch. Yes, uh, <laughs> has gone up forty four percent, and they have fired eighty thousand employees over the last fifteen years. Yeah, uh, and I forget I, the numbers are going back up, but at one point prior to the um, pandemic, I believe they moved somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty five percent of all goods in the United States were moved by rail. So, you know, you can say, well, they have trucks and they have, yeah, but that's not how this, the most efficient. And frankly, we should like trains because yes. it's one big thing that carries this stuff instead of, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of little things carrying this stuff, spewing all this gunk into the air. I want more trains. Do you? I do. I love trains. Do you? I, oh, yeah. When I was, when I started doing stand up comedy, I would book gigs that were on Amtrak lines because I had to drive by myself. Driving eight, 10 hours by myself never seemed like the most prudent thing to do. You know, if I wanted to take a nap, I had to sleep like in the parking lots of police stations and churches. But no, I, lo- I, I wish we had more high speed rail. I wish that we had a wow. better infrastructure and, and you know, some, something similar. Like traveling around uh, England is fantastic. You know this. Yeah. They have a better railway, assist- railway system there. Well, go to Europe. I mean, yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Exactly. That's what I wish we had here is all. Yeah. You don't? S- someday. No, no. I'm yeah. s- Someday. No. I, I come to Chicago. How did we get here today? I, we took the L. Yes. How, how was the blue line, by the way? I got to tell you. Um... Right, let's take a break. We'll find out. <laughs> You're listening okay. to WCPT 820. We're in studio with cartoonist Scott Stantis. Follow him on Twitter at Scott Stantis. I've got your phone calls. Jim and Brian, I'll take your calls when we come back from the break. Uh, thank you, Andy. Andy says that uh, he's glad that, uh, that I'm at WCPT and not WPR. Thank you for that, Andy. It's very kind of you. More on WCPT 820. Heartland Signal. On January 6, 2021, followers of Trump and something called QAnon attempted a coup at the United States Capitol. Who are these people? I want to live with the QAnon girl. I could be happy the rest of my life with a QAnon girl. Believer of theory, she leans to the right. She never gets weary of being gullible and white. She's my QAnon girl. And like members of any cult, these 
folks seem willing to follow the directions of their leaders, no matter how irrational or insane or stupid they may be. She likes crazy leaders. She likes worshiping. She learned from a young age to believe anything she might do with non-girl. Scott, do you have uh, family members listening to the show? Because I just got a text that says, Oh my God, Scott Stantis is great. Give him a regular slot. <laughs> Steve, that's from our, our friend Steve. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's a plan. I okay. think that we need to check in every Well, thank week. you, and welcome to the Scott Stantis Show. We're going to talk about <laughs> sports and cigars, <laughs> which seems to be the core demographic of the station. No, stop. <laughs> uh, let's get to uh, some of our phone calls. Let's start with, uh, with Brian. Hey, Brian, out of Joliet. What's on your mind, my friend? This is my friend Scott. Hey, Brian. Hello. Uh, I hope you're both doing well. Um, uh, and uh, the reason I'm calling is uh, we have this uh, new mayor in uh, New York City. His name oh. is uh, Adams, I believe. Yes, sir. And um, he has uh, enacted uh, this uh, policy uh, whereby uh, homeless people uh, can be uh, picked up uh, in voluntary incarceration. And uh, I don't know uh, who made the police ever the arbiters of mental health, uh, but uh, I think, uh, quite frankly, uh, without legal representation, this is a very uh, dangerous idea. Um, I think uh, also uh, when you think about it, uh, who's to say if... uh, 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 the police uh, then uh, decide they don't like somebody's political ideas. And we do have detention centers in this country. I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, and they could easily, uh, the way these uh, fascist trends are going in this country, can be turned into, quote, re-education facilities. Uh, I think this, and, and I hear that this is uh, maybe coming to Chicago. And I think it's a very dangerous idea. Uh, landlords, uh, and I talked to you about this before, Patty, mm-hmm. uh, have been driving uh, uh, mothers and children and men uh, out of uh, their uh, homes, out into the streets where they're living in tents. And, uh, and so uh, not all homeless people uh, have... Uh, mental health problems, and again, the police are not the arbiters of uh, mental health. That's not their job. Uh, And uh, without legal representation, this is very dangerous to democracy. And if I might conclude, I think uh, with a uh, this has to do, uh, they're relating this to crime uh, also, and I think a brief quote from uh, the late Senator Robert F. Kennedy is in order. Uh, the essential cause, meaning of crime, is poverty, poverty of goods, poverty of understanding. The consequences are loss of health, loss of dignity, loss of simple justice, and loss of respect for law and order. We have every resource necessary to conquer all forms of poverty and their symptoms. And he said, I believe that as long as there is plenty, poverty is evil. Government belongs wherever evil needs an adversary, and there are people in distress who cannot help themselves. But uh, Robert F. Kennedy certainly wasn't speaking of uh, 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 getting rid of people's legal representation. 
No, Brian, let me jump in real quick. And, and there's a lot to unpack here, but there's two points that need to be made right off the top. First off, in the, in the United States, the richest country in the world, mm-hmm. you know what the number one housing for the mentally ill is in the United States? Anybody? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, you in the front row. To be prison. Yeah. yeah. Prisons by a lot, yes. by a whole lot. Um, and Brian, you talk about uh, Mayor Adams and this policy, you know, that that's, that seems to be, oh, I don't know, anti-constitutional where you can just arrest someone. They had a program in place about 10 years ago, which was considerably more uh, humane and empathetic. They would go to, they would approach homeless people. They'd say, listen, we have these facilities available to you. Will you avail yourself of them? And they would give them rights to the, you know, different shelters, places and places that provided social workers healthcare, um, mental health evaluations, and really addressed the, the core issues here. And it was fairly successful. Now, the problem there, Bri, expensive. And we don't spend money on that stuff in this country at all. No, because there's, there's no money. There's no way for us to tap into any sort of perhaps uh, taxable income that people put in offshore accounts and the <laughs> consolidation of wealth and passive income. I'm just saying, not for nothing. No, and, and why would in the world would you think of, of you know, say, let's tax uh, guys like hedge fund guys who turn a huge profit and, and, tw- and, and it's a capital t- capital gains tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what uh, Senator Cinnamon fought against for the inflation package. Do you remember yeah, this? Yeah, exactly. She fought against this. I have, you know, Taxing hedge funds. And, yes. And the, yeah. At a reasonable rate, because for, uh, again, if you're not aware, if uh, the hedge funds are, are they're, they're, they're taxed currently as a capital gain, which is half mm-hmm. of income tax. Right. So I'm sorry, this is, uh, no, yeah. no. I mean, there's a level of fairness. I mean, I, I, can't we all agree on a level of fairness? Surely we can. Well, no, we can't. I take it back. We can't. This is one of the things that makes me crazy is when the right thing is obvious and electeds uh, have to weigh what it will mean as far as holding on to their power. And uh, if it means they're not going to get money from a certain special interest group or, uh, you know, whether it's a union or the rich people, it's just like, you know, you can't get an answer. You can't. People don't. AOC, lover or hater, Scott, uh, stands up and really will share what she believes and stand behind it. So does Bernie Sanders. Uh, you know, there isn't this sort of, uh, well, let me let me see what the polling looks like kind of attitude or approach. Don't you think? Yeah, I like, oh, I don't I, How would you, I, I feel very sorry for her, AOC. I mean, sorry, not, so, I no, what no, that's the right word, because she was made this Pinata by the Republican ah, Party. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you not to use a pinata for a, a Latina. Okay, yeah. As soon as it came out of my mouth, I heard it. But she knows she has been used, uh, abused by the Republican Party as their target. This is this is what the Democrats believe, and that's not necessarily true. But the fact of the matter is, she has stood up to this. Yes, and that is a, a, so I a feel, tsunami. I, th- I think being impressed by her is better than feeling sorry for her. I did, well, yeah. that's probably what I meant. Is that someone who can stand up to that mm-hmm. and handle it and manage it. And I mean, let's face it, by the way, the Republican Party, how can I put this, is not exactly uh, friendly or nice or fuzzy or friendly. They're threatening and dangerous. Do you remember that time that she was uh, coming up the stairs of the Capitol and this guy was like catcalling her, one of these like QAnon right wingers, like talking about her body and her butt. And uh, yeah, it was oh, it, this is this is what it's come to with these conversations. Yeah, yeah. it's bizarre. And so, like I said, yes, you're, you're absolutely right. I respect the hell out of her. I just think that Anyone who put themselves in that position stands by it. Yes. And performs as well as she's performed is that's admirable. It really is. Yeah, I agree. Thanks for calling, Brian. Have a great night, okay? Eddie? Yes. Eddie? Yes. 
Yeah, uh, we definitely need uh, decent rehabilitation uh, for prisons, and I think the key here is legal representation. Yeah. And without that, we're heading right into fascism. I, I can't argue with you. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking my call. You take care. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is a, by the way, someone just sent me, I, the reason I, I paused there for a second was as Brian was asking me that, uh, I got a text from somebody who says, uh, who, who sent me a, a, a link, uh, Creekside Brian, take a look at my homeless spot. Would you consider me mentally ill? And that's the thing is that like, so, and it's only a 72 hour hold, I believe in New York is they can involuntarily uh, bring people in have them in for a mental evaluation for 72 hours. And then what? Without any plans, without, I mean, it, it, it is, it's sort of, uh, we haven't done enough, so let's do too much. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, and, and and yes, it's frustrating, and it is it's disturbing. I mean, you know, getting off on many of the L stops here and seeing people passed out on the on the train, seeing people passed out and, and inhabiting some of the stations. I mean, so the reaction and the response has always been, well, let's, well, let's do something about that. And the what's the easiest thing to do, folks? Let's sweep them up. Mm-hmm. Let's erase their humanity. And just can we just put them someplace? And that's where, you know, like I said, the empathy has to kick in. And also, Patty, the one thing that drives me crazy in this country right now, and we'll, we have less and less of it as uh, as the population matures, and that's patience. Right. You're not going to fix this overnight. You're not going to fix this in I a know. week. You're not going to fix it in a month. But you have to start treating it seriously and not like, oh my God, this is a stain and we must erase, eradicate it. And that's and I need legis- get you in trouble. I need legislators who act like it's possible rather than like, you know, I, I know that the, the woman that I ran against, uh, you know, when she was in office and people asked her about health care and expanding access, she's like, well, you know, it's a really big problem and, you know, there's a lot of different factors involved that we have to consider and yeah. everyone has to be at the table and, you know, it's just not, there's no one solution to this and, you know, we're, we're going to be Believe me, it's one of my priorities. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, so I didn't get anything out of that answer. No. Like, yeah. Well, it's effectively a long way to say, yeah, wow, mm, that sucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, Just oh, saying. Oh. By the way, so this, there's a website called saltcreekside.wixside.com, uh, and uh, I don't know where this, but it seems... It, it, it reminds me of a story that just came out. I don't know if you saw that, that Mayor Lightfoot has announced that they're going to try to uh, build some tiny homes and tiny home communities in the city of Chicago. And this kind of looks like somebody has done this on their own somewhere. I'm guessing at an undisclosed location on the side of a creek. But they've put like all kinds of uh, even really beautiful landscaping, built a tiny home uh, and carved out a piece of the world for themselves. Uh, and they are homeless. So. I, 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 sometimes I wonder if, and to Brian's point about fascism, here's my problem is that like essentially what we're telling people, cause they, some people do have some sort of shelter. They don't have an address. We can't count them. We can't tax them. We can't, you know, so like basically rounding up people is to say, okay, we just need to know where you are. Right. Or we need to know we addressing it as a mental health issue because in some in some ways it is sometimes it's a choice. I mean, then then what? What are you going to do once you've scattered these folks again after 72 hours? Pick them up again 15 minutes later. What? What's What's the solution there? Well, you just said what happens. You yes. know, offer a solution. No, exactly. A solution is these small homes. But uh, and they're nice because we've kind of come at um homelessness in a weird way that much of it is there is a lot of mental illness this isn't all of everybody but it's it's in large part and 
part of that equation is self-medicating with drugs, various drugs. Right. Um, we have for years said you clean yourself up and then we'll think about housing and all that stuff. Problem with that is if you're not having a permanent address, um, we, you, you don't have the social workers can't find you. Right. Um, you, you, it's hard. To, you, let's say you're able to get a job. How do you get a job? Uh, so I think we have to start approaching uh, uh, this this problem with uh, housing first. And right. with that housing also has to, you can't just warehouse the people. You also have to have social workers, uh, drug right. interdiction, and other uh, support staff. And again, that costs money and the people who, those people don't vote. I, right. Well, and I also think that mobile units can be a, a, a powerful tool to go into the communities and give people, you know, whether it's a health care checkup, uh, access to a shower, to your point about being able to get a job, uh, you know, provide some sort of access to clothing, uh, connect them, make sure, that, you know, look, can we can we touch base with you again next week or in a couple of weeks? That, that kind of stuff, too. I think that that's part of the, the infrastructure we need to maintain when it comes to social services. Yeah. Let's take a break here. We've got Scott Stantis in studio. Uh, apparently, he's going to be back by popular request. Uh, <laughs> Scott Stantis is a cartoonist. You can find his work in the Chicago Tribune as well as the Dallas, well, all over the country, but Dallas. Morning News. The Dallas Morning News. Follow him on Twitter because you can see his uh, latest Prickly City is up as well. Yeah. And, uh, and it was Scott and I have been uh, good friends for several years, and he still has not uh, gone on up Michigan Avenue in the middle of winter to play his flute in oh, his high school uniform. Right. Yeah, I know. We have to figure out how to get that done soon. All right. Maybe next Christmas, because uh, you, you have to bring the flute and the football uniform. We'll tell people why when we come back on WCPT 20. <laughs> Heartland Signal, you're listening to Driving It Home with me, Patty Vasquez. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are live in at WCPT with Scott Stantis. And we are both on camera. So if you're watching the Facebook live stream, you can uh, check out Scott right there. Hi, everybody. Thank you, Bob Simpson, uh, for saying hi. And he said, and he also says hi to Jerry. He saw Jerry dip in and dip out. Oh. Yes, that was Jerry that popped in. Uh, Bob, Bob I saw, we just drove by Bob Simpson's house. I showed you his house. Oh, sorry, Bob. I was driving by his house. And uh, I said, that's, that's where the Simpsons live. And the yeah. Simpsons. By the way, they do for Halloween put out a Simpsons uh, inflatable with a Dracula. You have to. You, you have I mean, to. how do you not? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. The Homer and the, the Dracula costume. <laughs> it's really cute. Uh, let me get to uh, let me get to Jim, who's been on hold. Hey, Jim, what's on your mind, my friend? Hi, Patty. I was just thinking, there's some guy named Musk, which it was a cologne I used. To, I think it was the last cologne I used in high school. Musk. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> I can't think of his first. I can't think of his first name. Anyway, uh, Republican radio are doing backflips because he's. Got two red herrings on the uh, agenda. The first is uh, the ghost of Boris Karloff and Fauci snuck into a lab in China and whipped up a batch of COVID. <laughs> of course, <laughs> why not? Yeah, and then we're going to make some extra spending money with the dough because they were running short. And the other one is, of course, Biden's his long-lost laptop that he dropped somewhere after he had a couple of beers and smoked a couple of joints. Apparently, he dropped in front of the Republican headquarters, and uh, they snatched that. So, but he's trying to put a zipper monitor on these two stories. Oh, absolutely. And it, I, find, I find it insane because uh, is this guy going to be calling the shots now? This nut from uh, wherever the heck he's from. I, I, what's his first name? Anyway, I can't think of his first name. Musk's first name? Elon. 
Oh, Eli. <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> anyway, anyway, he's going to be calling the shots now, and everybody, all the Republicans are delighted by it. I'm sure they'll let the lunatic uh, stumper back on, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in fact, he's already been invited back on, and he has said no. He wants to stay with. Oh, yeah, well, he's you know he's probably have dinner with Elon and uh, you know and the other guys. And, but in Goebbels, I think. Yeah, Goebbels. Yeah, I think I don't think he's got. Any, I think he poisoned even his kids, didn't he, in a bunker? But anyway, uh, uh, but I mean, it's going to be two years of insanity, and the Republicans yeah. are licking their chops over it, you know. You can imagine uh, where we're going to be uh, inundated with the nonsense. Anyway, uh, say hello to the people in Alabama. And, <laughs> Alabama. Nice. I'm Alabama bound. <laughs> yeah, it's a great song. Yes. You have a good night. Thank you. Have a great night, Jim. Thank you so much. What I meant to tell you about Jim before he came out is he reminds me of a Southside version of my dad. Aww. We talk about the horse track, you know, the tracks, you know, taking cabs, going for, you know, a couple, two, three pops. Just cracks me up. I love Jim. And I love Dave from Hoffman Estates. Hey, Dave. She's my friend, uh, Scott Santis. What's on your mind? Dave? Yeah, hey, Patty. Hey, Scott. Hey. Scott, real quick. Do you know uh, that cartoonist Mike Luckowich? Uh, Mike Luckowich, sure, from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Yeah, I love his work. I've sent Patty stuff He's okay. before. On, <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I love his mind, what he, how he hits. But anyway, and Patty, did you did you wear that T-shirt to piss off that one caller? Yeah, I wear. So I so I have to catch Scott up. Let me let me just go back for a second because um, you just did something that I didn't realize. Cro- I mean, like I'm inside one industry, and people will like when I meet someone, I'll tell them I'm a comedian, and they're like, "Oh, you know who I love? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I really love Maria Bamford, and I'm like, I I, I like her here too, but I, I'm also I'm here because they don't know us, right? So so Dave's not familiar with your as familiar with your work so i would encourage dave to take a look at uh, scott's work uh, anyway i just i just saw my emotions flash across scott's face <laughs> when you said that dave uh second of all yes so let's get <laughs> no 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 it's our it's kind of a small fraternity i know yes and mike's great he really obviously you know two pulitzers later he's that it shows he's 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 got the chops. So yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Well, there was a, a yeah. bloodbath of cartoonists there for a while oh, back yeah. in uh, I want to say 2019, 2020. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like a lot of cartoonists. The last, there's the very few on staff. Anyone you would consider on staff, and by that I mean you, your 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 primary job is to draw the cartoon and you get benefits. You know that and a salary. That would be my definition of a staff cartoonist. And there are now eight. What? Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Did you have to take the buyout? Or was, no, no. You did not have to? I just saw what was coming. I didn't want, you Okay, know. Dave, let me tell you a really cute story. I'm sorry. It's a tragic story uh, about Scott. It's really heartbreaking. Uh, so when they had sold the Tribune Tower, uh, we maybe took a couple, two, three nights to go explore the uh, yes. Tribune Tower. And, and Scott, and before that, I used to hang out in Scott's office. He had a, an amazing office overlooking Michigan Avenue. I mean, he could open his windows and uh, just be right there. We're supposed to, but... Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. But he had a great collection of things from all... All over the world and artwork and uh, you know did I, did you have a John Wayne in your yeah yeah you John Wayne you had a, a burka on a like on a mannequin bodice yes, just right? to show what repression looks like right so so right uh, so then they moved to this place at Prudential One oh Jesus <laughs> sorry it's not it is so. 
Dave, he went from this amazing, beautiful office uh, overlooking Michigan Avenue to it, like not even a cubicle, like a, like a, a little like a rail, like a trough of laptops. <laughs> it was it was really it was like a wriggly trough of, yes, of journalism. Uh, it was <laughs> it was like this big open floor. He and he and Eric Zorn like they had their knees touching yeah, under the table. Yeah, well, here's a, a ledge. You chaired a ledge. Was yeah, like, and what made this worse was it was an elevated floor, and yeah. so I have a drawing board for you know drawing stuff and every time someone and it was a most one of the most heavily trafficked part of the office so every time someone would walk by you hear dum, dum, boom, 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 no boom, boom, boom. it shook the damn drawing board so you know yeah that was done he couldn't put like a some sort of like shock absorbers in there like that i'm just kidding i would yeah. every time someone walked by they must have thought i was such a jerk. such a jerk because every time they walked by i go jeez oh, so to answer uh, Dave's other question, uh, which is, uh, am I wearing this shirt to, to, to piss yeah, off one of our listeners? So there's a listener named uh, Booger Eating Ken who called in one day. <laughs> Dave, is that his, I think it's his official name now, right? He called in one day to tell me that uh, this is a Judeo-Christian country and that immigrants that are taking over uh, by outbreeding white people. And, uh, and and he said, you know, and, and immigrants are flying their flags here all the time. And I often wear a Mexican. And the reason I wear this, too, Dave, have, did I talk about why? I wear and have these shirts now because in I'm going to show uh, Scott and Janine the forest preserve that's all the way down in Milwaukee and Devon. There was a woman wearing a Puerto Rican flag and a this guy was yelling at her about go back to your country, <laughs> which, which Puerto Rico is American. Anyway, so I went out and I purchased a bunch of Mexican flag shirts and, uh, and my mom was so funny. She goes, Patricia, we don't we don't do that. But <laughs> well, but anyway, so one of us does. So Ken, so booger eating Ken said that. <laughs> Uh, doing this because I said I'm proud of where my family's from and by the way I also wear shamrocks sometimes I have a baseball hat with a shamrock don't you have a t-shirt that's a shamrock with a fla- the yeah. Mexican flag in with it a, and I also have a I have a, uh, I have a, de- I have a, a Mexican sugar skull with a, uh, a leprechaun's hat so yeah I've got the whole range of things and anyway so he told me that I should be proud of where I am and hello I mean like I am hello I have my, yeah. got my Chicago flag and I also have like a I have American flags and everything. I mean, like, I, it's why do you wear a baseball hat for a particular team, right? Because you like it. You yeah. like, right? I well, mean, like, yeah. I like this shirt. I like what it represents. I think it's my country, right or wrong, which is absurd, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, but yeah, you know, I can see being proud to be an American. But I can see I'm also happen to be French. So yeah. uh, the World Cup's going on. So the French flag will, as long as they're in the, and they're probably going to the championship again. Sorry, Croatia. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> wow, Janine, I'm glad she's not on camera. Although I think we can do that. My Croatian wife just flipped me off, yes, folks. Yes, she did. <laughs> um, but France, I mean, I can be proud to have French heritage, but I mean, yes. I'm, I'm proud to be an American and be part of the culture here and the fabric of it. But, I mean, here's the thing. If I can just jump in for a second. You can have... Uh, People out there, listen to me. You can hold more than one thought at a time in your head. That's so hard for booger eating, Ken. Head head hurt. (laughs) Head hurt. Yeah, so answer your question, uh, Dave. I knew it when I put it on that uh, that that might be the case, and uh, I thought of it. I kind of thought there was kind of something (laughs) subliminal. And now we all know it's not. Hold on. Oh, by the way, can I jump in on the QAnon thing real quick? After the uh, break. Let me take a break. Let me tell you the latest. I'll I'll tell you. Let me take a break. Uh, teasing you. Dave, thank you so much for calling in. All right. Have a, nice have to meet a you, Dave. Take care. You can go back if you want. Let me just, I got to take a break. I got to go to the news. Thank you. Uh, let's do this. Push that button. 
my friend Marty. He wants to split the party. He wants blue folks and red states to vote green. I can see his point, though. I really gotta say, no, we can't have another 2016. It seems nothing beats orange. Nothing even freaking rhymes with it. What's a battered nation supposed to do? His royal orange highness, he does love to divide us. We gotta stick together and vote blue. When I recycle, I'm green, green as green can be. I do my level best, yes, it's true. But when I'm voting in November, I promise to remember it's us against him. Gotta vote blue. Don't think I'm a hater, I love this is, Ralph Nader. Oh I don't blame him for the mess in Y2K. With those who represent us, I'm playing the percentages, voting blue down the ticket all the way. You know, this actually brings up a good point. Have you? Scott Sanders joins me in studio. He's a car- political cartoonist. You can see his work in the Chicago Tribune as well as the Dallas Morning Sun. News? Same. I've heard it both ways. <laughs> <laughs> Follow him on Twitter, and he posts a lot of his work there as well as on his Facebook page. Uh, I Do you follow uh, Politics Girl? Jonas Bezito, uh, in the last year or so, has been uh, sharing some of her audio. And she, she talks, this is, I retweeted, I actually retweeted her today. So if you want to check that out, because okay. um, she talks a lot about democracy and about what's happening. And, and that there is no arguing with, while you and I might argue about certain things when it comes to where we're coming from, there is no arguing with MAGAs because they're not starting from a, a, an no. honest position of accepting facts. Right. There's, you can't argue that. So Politics Girl does a lot of that. But what she posted today, was in response to not only the threats and the horrible things that are being thrown at her, she has over a million followers, maybe more, but now people are starting to go after her friends and family. They're, you know, they kind of follow all the different angles of that. So she talks about, um, you know, look, and what she said in this, uh, this wonderful rant today, one of the things that I, I quoted today was, uh, I'm, she says, I'm not a Democrat. I'm a liberal. I believe in freedom and fairness and equality under the law. And currently, the party that best supports those things things is the Democratic Party. That's and so that's where, you know, when people say, oh, you know, it was Democrats that, you know, own slaves and they're the ones that had a Jim Crow. It's like because they were conservatives. That's the difference. I'm a liberal. I know that you and I come from different places. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. kind of am wanting to argue with you about this because I disagree with you. I don't think that you're as, I, I actually think <laughs> that at your core, you're a progressive or I, I actually because here's my definition of a progressive, because here's my definition of a progressive. When new information is presented to you, you, Scott, I've known for at least eight years, maybe more, oh, about more. eight years, uh, when it, whatever the uh, the French attack on the uh, the newspaper happened, that's when we met. Yeah. Uh, Shirley uh, sure, Hebdo. Yeah. So when you, I, I know through our, our friendship, when presented with new information, you are, you adapt and you go, you know, I hadn't thought of it that way. That is not a conservative. It's just not. I don't think it's a conservative in the, in the sense that we're defining it today. Um, right. I mean, I, I'm, people ask, why are you conservative? Because you, you seem to be like a nice person. So I, I'm, a, I'm a conservative. But what's your definition of a conservative? Is someone who there's a, there's a core, a core of beliefs that's less government, that government is a threat uh, in many instances and not the solution. And, uh, I think we have a, a lot of empirical evidence to to support that, um, but also other times it's it's you need the safety net and you need to have the government step in when no one else will. For me, it's um, here's my example when I work I, you know working at the Chicago Tribune all those years. There is a woman on the south side of Chicago, want, and we we did a story about this at the at the Tribune. Wants to open a hair salon. Okay, she's good with hair. She just happens to be good with hair. She has a couple of kids. She's trying to support. Um, 
rather than help her get to that to that place, this city, this county, this state trounces on her with licensing fees, with regulations, and to the point where it is prohibitively expensive for her to do that. She just cannot do it. That's wrong. And that's where my conservatism comes through. And say, like, get the hell out of the way. Let her succeed. Yeah, but but I think that the progressives would feel the same way, that the layers of bureaucracy that are standing in the way of that. And I think that we have way too many municipalities in the, in the state of Illinois. I think that we can you consolidate like all of the place. Mosquito abatement districts? Yeah. Come on, Patty. <laughs> well, not only that, but like there are principles of schools that only, like, they have a school district with only two schools, and they're earning $450,000 with yeah. only yeah. 900 students. Like, there, there's things like that. That I don't think of that as, like, Democrats wanting that to be the the, the position or the function of government. I don't, I don't want but, the... I don't want the barriers to access to business to be there as well. And I think that uh, I think that that's more about special interests. And, and that's what we talked about earlier is that Democrats who will stand up and, and say what they believe and do what they believe and make life easier for people or anybody. But I don't see any De- I don't see any Republicans doing that at all right now. And, and I think that there are Democrats who, you know, they're worried about not getting their campaign donations they are worried about uh, special interests, not endorsing them. They're worried about with their colleagues. You know, there, there's different powers play yes it's problematic but right now and what i was saying about uh as far but i i think that being a liberal i think that i think that, that lincoln was a liberal because lincoln was like this is just because it's the way we've been doing it doesn't mean we need to keep doing it at the expense of the freedoms and uh, and equality oh, absolutely no i mean i'm 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 much more of a libertarian than a conservative now yeah sure. that bothers I'm, me too does it <laughs> really <laughs> because i saw in your, i was i was in the shower and uh S- steve walked by the bathroom and i go now now scott thinks he's a conservative libertarian i saw that on your uh twitter your twitter handle <laughs> no i've worked I'm in libertarian you, politics and i've 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 been yeah, the gary johnson thing was definitely a, a no, i up. stand by that i can't with this anyway <laughs> oh could, if could you imagine here okay okay what? let's if revisit 2016 but yeah. if could you imagine if he had been on the stage with hillary and 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 the orange thing could you imagine he would have gotten 25 percent of the vote i can't answer that right now I, right. what was the name of the the uh i don't there were so many things that were crazy and not all that stuff look here's the thing everything <laughs> that hillary said was true you know what i mean like i get that she's a definitely a a lightning rod she galvanizes people against her more than she was able to bring people under the tent because of a okay let's not you know what i, I i'm with no. Ste- i'm with stephanie miller i'm going to die angry about the 2016 election i'm uh, and I'm also going to die angry. I'm actually going to die angry about the Gore versus Bush election. I mean, like suspending the vote, uh, suspending the count, and and we and uh, look. Okay, you, how, uh, yes. you wouldn't be the first. I mean, I mean, or the last. I have yes. plenty of friends who, who you know, agree that that yes. tw- 2000 was uh, pretty screwed up. And a precursor to what's happening. I think that, that I've said this before. I think that, you know, people act as a when when uh, when Texas uh, came through with their ban on abortion after six weeks, I, everyone was like, I, I remember this woman came up to me and she goes, uh, you know, and then it started, you know, going from state to state and spreading. And, you know, and, and then the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade and Dobbs. And I get I, I know that you think that I, I know where you come from as far as like it, it should have been better. We should have done something. I agree. In the 50 years since Roe v. Wade, which by the way, it was a Republican and conservative bench that decided Roe v. Wade, right? And don't forget, I tell people, read the 1976 Republican Party platform. They supported uh, abortion. Yeah. Yeah. What happened? Phyllis Schlafly didn't help anything. I was at an event. I met one of my very best friends there, and we were st- standing in the back of this. It was a Republican event, and all of the Republican candidates running for governor in the primary spoke. And you can imagine, this is California, 1978. 
a lot of moderates. And then the last speaker was this nut from the valley who was like, and Jesus wants us. And he was just one of these screaming hell and brimstone guys. I, and I was sitting next to this guy who became one of my best friends. And we're, we're dissing on this guy. I said, what, what kind of crap is this? Oh, my God. And now? Uh, no, his campaign manager was standing next to us saying, you, know, you, you guys laugh now. But district by district, school board by school board, we're going to take over this party. And we're like, there's no way. Well, the, 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 the SOB was right. They did. Yeah. And that's where we are. Yes, that is where we are. And I can't imagine. Look, uh, I, it, it's, you know, what Democrats often uh, fall prey to is not calling. It, is that sort of back and forth? We go, oh, we don't do this well. and We don't do that well. We don't have the same sort of like just push things through, I think, uh, at oh, all no, costs. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, look at McCarthy now, who's going to be the Speaker of the House, maybe, if, 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 it's, if they don't eat, eat him first uh, there in the House of Representatives. I, I, I mean, this is... Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, let me take a break here. And we've got Roosevelt on hold, 773-763-9278. And you had a thought you wanted to finish, so I want to come back to that. Do you remember, did you write it down, what you wanted to say in the last... I can. All right, then. Sorry, I, I went in a different direction. That's right. All right, then. The libertarian conservative. I was like, what? <laughs> More in a moment on WCPT 820. Progressive Radio. Progressive Chicago's Progressive Talk. In studio with Scott Sanders, political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune and the Dallas Morning News. Follow him on Twitter for all of his work, including his latest Prickly City. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Before... Before we get to our calls, I wanted to give Scott a chance to uh, come back to something he was thinking about in the last hour before oh. we ended, uh, before the news. Oh, you were serious about that. I was serious. I told about you it. forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I really wasn't. I was. <laughs> That's hysterical. Well, so I got a text from somebody in my house yeah. uh, who says, listening to Scott talk about preserving the humanity of those living, uh, living rough and can't wrap my head around how he thinks he's conservative. No one in political leadership on the right talks that way about homelessness. The, that kind conversation is only taking place on the left. I think that's fair. I think that's a very fair comment. And um, so guys like me uh, and others who think like me have to keep talking like this. And maybe, just maybe, we'll bring the party back. Well, and I think it goes to what you said that What in your uh, explanation of being conservative is that you don't think the government can help because you use the example of the woman with the beauty salon, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and all the barriers to entry in, in the market. And I, and I, when I ran for office, this was something I wanted to work on. You know, I showed you uh, a lot of the empty storefronts up and down yeah. Milwaukee Avenue and Jefferson Park, and I had ideas for, not just for, like, uh pop-up businesses coming in and adding some energy, but also reimagining what our storefronts can and should be. I've told you that my dream, and I've talked about this on the show, is to have a used bookstore that also serves as a, a multi-purpose space that would be a hub for social services. You know, every week we have someone coming in to talk about what, what senior citizens can, you know, utilize in their day-to-day lives, or people who have, have an individual with a disability or employment services. Services Maybe, you know, my, like my grander dream would be one of these places that has uh, you know, apartments upstairs. So if we need to do temporary housing while someone is trying to find permanent housing, like these are the kinds of things that I would love to be able to be a part of or that I think could be vital to a community and not just Jefferson Park, but communities all over the city of Chicago. Uh, so, but I think that, uh, you know, I think that you, uh, I get that, the bureaucracy, and, and I'm, I'm a Democrat who agrees completely completely with you, but you also are talking about how we need to do more for those who are unhoused and provide services, and that's the government because charities aren't going to do that. I mean, like, 
they, they, there's only so much. They're doing much. the best they can. They absolutely are. I mean, like Night Ministries and Thresholds and Catholic Charities here. Catholic, absolutely uh, Catholic uh, Charities. Uh, Chicago Help Initiative. Right. Yeah. And, and look, and they and they all. Re- but by the way, they all receive support. I know f- because I do this work during the day. Receive support from the state of Illinois. Right. And the state. I mean, like that's part of where they get their grants and funding and made it through the pandemic. And and, and we're trying to do everything we can to uplift those services. So that's my job is to say what can we do to help you and make sure that people know they have access to what you do. So that's I'm the, I'm the government. Scott. You're the man. By the way, I'm keeping not, me down. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> so I, I I just I think it's uh, it is conflicting. It's conflicting, and there's a balance. Here's the th- I mean, you know, you can look at Buddhism, and you can look at Siddhartha. He says that there's a middle ground for there's a middle way. You can't you know you paddle too far on one side, you get too close to the shore. You paddle too hard on the other, you go out to sea. There's a middle way for things, and there's a balance, and there is judicious way to think about issues and how can we you know. Yes, I'm, I'm you know a conservative who talks about the homeless in a way that's not you know let's not turn them into soil and green you know <laughs> Thank but you for how that. do we how do we yeah, you're welcome okay. <laughs> how do we how do you fix the problem first off you know it's, it's very socratic is it a problem yes yes how do you correct it boom right now now we have something to talk about but i had a discussion with a family member who was very conservative and was like you know screw them all Ah! Yeah, no, let them, let them. What? Let, and it's like, no, these are human what? beings. See, and that, but that, that's what, that's, but that's conservatism to me is like, they didn't well, do, look, Joe Austin, right? Only because I was reading about this oh, today and his, Lord, uh, you know, oh. <laughs> No, but like basically his his opinion. Is any more plastic surgery is going to look like a grouper? Is also just going to be on the side like, of his head. There's no way he's only 58. Because I remember when I was in college, and I'm 51. I was when I was in college in 1989. I think you and I have talked about this. I had a crisis of faith. Like I I, uh, I had a mental breakdown in college because I had been a Mormon until I was 10, and then I was a Lutheran, and I, I honestly had never met an atheist until 10 months into my relationship with a boy named Tom. Let's call him that because that was his name, yeah. Daniels. He uh, uh, I found out like. 10 minutes 10 months into our relationship I found out he was an atheist and I he was the first atheist that I that I knew of in my life and I he was like yeah we're all just worm meat anyway and I was like what I don't what I what? and I like my whole world imploded but uh, but anyway when I was going through this crisis of faith and, and trying to understand someone gave me a Joel Austin book in nine, like in the early 90s so I can't find it like was he only 25 when he was like this massive uh, you know manipulator and I need donations, so I'm making $100 million a year. Anyway, he was saying that God wants him to be that wealthy. God wants yeah. him to have that kind yeah. of fortune. So the opposite is that God wants those people to live under a viaduct. Yeah, well, that's not... And I don't not, buy that. And that's not what... It's it's because guys like Joel Austin take advantage of people who, you know, he's like, give me your money, otherwise, you know, I, I can't do God's work. And I'm using that as an extreme example. But I mean, you know, the, the idea that government can't you know what Democrats, what I aspire, what I'm sorry, what liberals aspire to is some sort of shift in balance of power, right? You know, I know the whole idea. Look, not di- distribution of wealth is such as it's not a distribution of redistribution of wealth. It is, you know, when we were taxing the wealthiest at ninety percent, we were able to build our industri- infrastructure in this country. We were able to build up our armies, which the Republicans obviously want to have all kinds of spending when it comes to our our you know armies and right. I'm just saying, and then. You know, Kennedy, fine. Kennedy's like, look, we'll get it down to 76. And then it was Reagan that brought it down. Your guy, I'm guessing. <laughs> I like him. Right? I respect him. Yeah. Do, do you feel trickle on yet? 
Yes, I think, well, <laughs> poverty in this country is the lowest it's ever been. Poverty in the world is the lowest it's been in the history of our species. And the consolidation of wealth is the worst it's ever been in this country as well. That's part of it? Yeah. And so that can be corrected? Like 2% of the wealthiest people own 80% of the wealth in this country. Or is it 20%? It's, it's a lot. The amount, the, 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 the income of the wealthiest, just in the state of Illinois, only because I know that's the best when I, when I was running for office. Sure. Since the late 1970s, the, the income of the wealthiest has gone up 107%. It's gone up less than 10% for the middle class. Right. And that's because we, the Republicans have done a lot to make sure that we don't reclaim some of we, I don't even know how we regain that or, or narrow that. That's all. tax rates. I mean, that's that's a pretty yes. simple arithmetic there. I mean, it really is. OK, see, so you're not conservative if you say that we should be taxing the wealthiest at a better rate. Well, I, I think it, I think it's a matter of fairness. This is, I mean, it really is to my mind. Yeah. OK, maybe um, I'm coming out now, folks here. I'm coming out of the uh, conservative closet. Um, but to my mind, you, you can have. You can tax at reasonable rates. If someone made a billion dollars versus someone made fifteen thousand, who should pay more in terms of percentage of income? I mean, this is this is uh, a really not, very you're simple. You're not point. a conservative. I'm sorry, you're yeah. just not. Isn't that a Janine? Is he a conservative? No, thank you. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hold on. Let me. I, I'm going to give. I'm going to give. I have to give uh, Roosevelt two segments. And Dave, if you want to call back from Hoffman Estates, and David in San Francisco, I'll also get to you. So Roosevelt, I want to see what your thoughts are before it's. Uh, I don't because I, I love Scott so much. I just I think that he just, it, look. It's like tradition. It's like your baseball team. You can't let go of it. <laughs> so hey, Roosevelt, how's it going? Patty and Scott, how are you guys doing? Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you, sir. Before I get into my rant, Scott, did I hear you right? Did I did I hear you right? And you said per word, per per, per word, everything that uh, Reagan said in that famous uh, speech that he said. Government is not the solution. Government is the problem. Then why did Reagan run for president? Why was Reagan a Democrat and he's forced to a Republican? Yeah, he was also a union organizer. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. But do you know why he switched? In my opinion, let's hear it. It's because that's where the money is. Look at the two idiots. Now I'm a, I'm a Hispanic, Latino, the way any way you want to, uh, you know, categorize it. Look at the two idiots down in Florida. What do I? Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. One in Florida, one in Texas. Uh, Ted Cruz and Michael Rubio. They never do anything for anybody. They do it for themselves. So. They, I, and, 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 if I could jump in real quick and just say they, they do it for money. They, right. they protect the money and interests. Exactly. And, that's why, and that's why Reagan switched. That's where the money is. Look, I'll give you an example, too. Now, those two gentlemen that I just met, that's the loosely words that I'm using, Cruz and, and Rubio, uh, they're, they're Cuban-American. Now, what do we know of Cuban-Americans? They came here in the 60s, and thanks to for a Democratic uh, president Johnson, he, he you know he let them in, and they don't have to show any papers or anything. So a lot of Cuban Americans, I don't want to you know blanket everybody, uh, look down on us as Mexican Americans, look down on us as other Latinos because they get a preference of coming to this country as a refugee, and they're here for a year. They get they get money. They get everything that, I mean, they used to. I don't know how it is now, but I'm pretty sure it's the same thing. So when it comes down to, um, where am I? I'm going on a different rant here. But <laughs> notice, notice that there, there isn't hardly any Cuban. I don't think I can name one. And I've told this 
Patty, plenty of times. There isn't a single Cuban-American that's a Democrat. So that tells me they align themselves with the, quote, Republican Party, conservative party. And the word conservative, Scott, I'm sorry. It, it, it could be interpreted in so many ways. Well, especially now. Especially now. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I would say Democrats, especially South Florida, was a pretty strong uh, Democratic stronghold for many, many years. But the Republicans came forward and, and, and embraced that community for, say with me, Roosevelt, the money. Yep. The money. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so here, another thing, another point I wanted to make, you, you mentioned about taxing. And in these conversations, I'm sorry, in my opinion, you also have to pay corporate welfare. To this day, oh, the, oil industry, to this day the oil industry still gets subsidies. And that's not the only industry. A lot of these people, and notice, they had them up, a big bunch were up uh, answering questions just, what, a year, two years ago? They didn't want to give up those subsidies. You would think that when they make revenue uh, profits, you would think that they say, oh, we don't need any handouts from the government. But they don't say that. No, Roosevelt, I couldn't. You know who gets the most welfare in this country is Walmart, because mm-hmm. Walmart yep. workers are not paid a salary that they can live on. So they have to go and get welfare. They have to go and get food stamps. They have to go and, and that's corporate welfare of the most cynical type. And so you and I agree. I say, you know, screw Walmart, screw the, <laughs> screw all the big retail, screw Amazon. Don't underwrite. A, a, a corporation that makes literally billions of dollars, and now Bezos is turning around saying, I'm going to give all my money to charity. Hey, listen, you dumb son of a... Give your money to your health care system, to your workers. Do that. Wouldn't that be great if they all had the golden-level health care? Wouldn't it be great if you paid them a salary, say they, you start at 25 bucks an hour, which means you can actually live in this country? Roosevelt, can I can I pause for your uh, response? Because I have to do the traffic right. in just a moment. <laughs> I told you I'd give you two segments. Stand by. And Dave, I'm off my state. I told you you can call back. I just I have to do this because uh, we're having fun in the studio. More after this. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are live together for the first time. We are live together in the first, for the first time in a while. Scott Stantis, political cartoonist, who you can catch in the Chicago Tribune as well as the daily, the Dallas Morning News. Uh, follow <laughs> him on Twitter to uh, find out about all of his work. Uh, we're, it's so much fun to hang out with you live again. Yeah, this is great. We always tease uh, Scott on Whiskey and a Cookie because he'll text me and be like, are you guys doing this thing again? We have never not done Whiskey and a Cookie since the first day we did it. I'm not able to do it as much because it starts at 630 Central and I'm on till 7. So it's this weird sort of uh, lag time between when I can jump on. <laughs> but at seven, you hop on. Yes. And then I felt, okay, I have to tell you, before I get to the calls, uh, I have to tell you, I was going to a Christmas party on Friday and it was hard because I was going with Jerry and everyone on Whiskey and Cookies like, where are you headed? I'm like, I'm going to go have fun. I'm not going to do this show tonight. <laughs> you don't have fun on the show? I do have fun on the show, but I mean, I had to go do something else. More, and, more fun. I hear, I hear you. I hear what other, you're saying. Other, I'm picking up what you're putting down now. Just uh, like Friday nights are tough now. It's just, just saying. Uh, so I promised Roosevelt I would get back to his uh, conversation and we're going to get to Dave and and David. Hey, Roosevelt, what did you want to say? Where were we? Uh, back to Scott. Where were we? Oh, here. <laughs> Let me go back. Did, 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 Scott, did, did you yes, say sir. or did Patty say that uh, Reagan was your guy? I, I thought I, I heard... said that. I said that. Yes, and he is. No, I mean, I respect a lot of what he did, so I'm not going to say no. Okay. Okay, from your standpoint, he did a lot of great things. What about Iran-Contra? Oh, terrible. He was losing his mind. <laughs> he was totally losing his okay. mind at that point. Okay. Okay, now, now I'm going to tell you something, Scott. What about, this is my 
I, I'm sorry, Reagan, I cannot stand that guy. I mean, I lived it. A lot of my family, a lot of my um, friends lost their jobs thanks to Reagan because he outsourced. He started all this outsourcing stuff. I remember the uh, 80s. So, so he, I think he Scott tackled, does. He tackled the, the unions, and that's a no-no to me. That's, that's the foundation of this country. Without notice, everybody's coming back to the unions, including the college kids that play sports. And notice all this stuff is coming back as far as unions. So when Reagan did that, that was a no-no to me. But bigger than that, where would, be, where would we be right now if he wouldn't have pulled the solar panels that were on, 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 the, on the White House? No, yeah. not just at the White House, but like to expand that kind of thinking. No, that I hear could, what yes, you're saying. Yes. I thought it was, um, yeah, it was, uh, but that was petty. It was petty. It was petty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, but, but here's the thing, though. He, uh, he was getting money from the oil industry and from the bankers. That's how he got his money. Okay. Now, all these guys, including, including, I'm going back even further, including uh, Nixon, write a book. They become millionaires with the book because they sell millions of copies. So uh, even people that, uh, that have done so many things against our Constitution, such as Reagan, because when he interfered in, in, in Central America, that's the product of that is what, what happened while Trump was in there. Those caravans of people from specifically Central America, guess what? That's where Reagan stuck his nose. In Latin America. He, he backed and supported dictators, sent arms to them. Well, there again, uh, uh, arms for hostages. Yeah, but they yeah. were our dictators. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm he, kidding. We are, we are so commentators. Just, uh, sorry. Sorry. So I, don't understand, I don't understand what great things he did. Well, I mean, I can, I can, I could stand up and say things like, we, when he took office, the economy was in dire, dire shape. Uh, his the tax cuts, uh, the other uh, stewardship of the economy led to one of the largest, most consistently, um, longest rather economic growth spurts in the history of our country. Uh, created jobs, created opportunities for people. Um, created jobs. I'm sorry. Yeah. Created jobs. He took. He took by 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 destroying unions. He he. I think in the long run, you're right. But he was also, this was, we're talking about the uh, air traffic controller strike. Um, oh, gosh, not I'm trying. My, 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 not only that, like I said before, that wasn't the only industry. It was like a domino effect after he did that. Well, they had, yes, and you're right. And America was responding to unions had become bloated. Uh, they were kind of victims of their own success. You had, they were rife with with uh, corruption, and he was able to tap into an America and say, "Look, this, these guys are, are doing these these bad things," and uh, and disparage the entire union movement. I think you're. Pro- I, I would say, yeah, were there mistakes? Hell yeah! I mean, the deficit spending that goes on today. I mean, ten percent of our national budget goes to servicing debt. Think about that for a moment. Ten percent of money that could go towards, let's say, you're, you know, you want to have more police, you want to have better schools, you want to have uh, more money put to uh, to health care or to uh, mental health care. That's a lot of money that we're still spending. So yeah, he's absolutely guilty of that. There is no question. Okay. Can I say a couple of more things, Scott? And then I'm gonna. Well, it's Patty's show. Lay <laughs> Come, you go ahead. I'm gonna lay off. I'm gonna lay off. Um, you said he, 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 the economy. He did it with smoking mirrors. How many times do you know of that? Oh, how many times? How many times he what? We lost you there for a second. 
Oh, how many times did Reagan raise taxes in eight years? Oh, it's several, several. Eleven times. So when he did that, guess what? The economy is going to boost because you're raising taxes, right? Well, I think uh, no, Bill Clinton, when he raised taxes, proved that the economy can grow after you do that. It's not. It's not I'm. I'm. I'm not. Right. I'm not crazy oh, enough to think that cutting taxes is the only way to go in this. Let me say one more thing. Let me sure, say one I'm sorry. Thing. Here's another thing that I was totally against. And it's funny how history repeats itself. What Reagan did is exactly what Trump did. What, what am I referring to? I'm talking about, I'm talking about AIDS. He turned his back oh, on sick people. Yeah, on, a, on the AIDS epidemic. Yeah. On the AIDS epidemic. And what did Trump do? The exact same thing. On the COVID. Okay. Yeah. And he turned his back on a, one of his friends. Uh, Nancy's one of their friends, and Rock Hudson. He, I, I believe, he um, he was getting treatment in 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 Paris. So that's just a point. That's cr- so cruel to do what he did when it comes down to that. And the last one I'm going to mention is this BS about the war on drugs. Say no to drugs. I remember the commercials. So all of that is horrible, Scott. I, I don't understand. You know, it's, it's... you you point, you're pointing out the economy. But look at all these other things that I pointed out. Don't, aren't, those, aren't those affecting people directly? Our people that live in this country or our citizens? Yeah, absolutely. And listen, I'm, not to say that you know I, I worship Ronald Reagan would be a vast overstatement. I respect a lot of what he did uh, on the economic front, which is the really is the policies that affect the most amount of Americans. I thought that you have to give him high marks for let, that. Let me read. A, let me read something from the from Forbes. dot com just because they did a comparison of this with dramatic cuts to the social welfare safety net, including deep cuts even to the budget for kids who receive their primary source of nourishment from school lunch programs. Things were. Pretty Pretty grim for those without money, and they were about to get a whole lot worse as the Federal Reserve raised interest rates in response to the mad inflation that was growing annually at 14 percent. Unable to borrow money at an interest rate they could afford, 17,000 businesses failed by the fall of 1982, and un- unemployment reached record highs. With the national debt also at a record high, even supply-side gurus like David Stockman, Reagan's budget director, pushed the president to raise taxes in order to put some money into the national treasury or face even greater debt as a nation would be forced to borrow to make up the difference. Uh, he agreed to roll back corporate tax cuts and to a much lesser extent ind- individual cuts, but by, by the time he was done with the judge adjustment. He had undone approximately one-third of the tax cut put through the previous year. And somebody else writes, uh, Reagan massively cut investment into U.S. infrastructure, setting up the pattern of political cowardice that has left us with bridges and highways that are dangerous to people every single well, day. Well, yeah, don't, let's, let's not, lest we forget what Reagan inherited when he came into office in 1981, which is a year before these numbers, and that was uh, inflation rates of 21% and interest rates of 18%. So, you know, he kind of inherited a, a, a big pile, a steaming pile there. And uh, at the by the end of his first term, things were not as dire. There it is. Uh, one more thing, Scott, if you don't mind. No. What about the scandal of those uh, Marines that died? 300, I believe, 344 babies. Oh, because sending, yeah, no, again, that, I thought that was, a, 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 that was a lesson America should have learned and did not. I, I just, the, I, 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 thank you, Roosevelt. I, I thank you so much. I, uh, I feel like we're, this has become a, a, a pile on for, uh, That's for okay. Scott. Uh, yeah. One listener texts, a friend of texts, uh, um, a gay, as a gay man living with HIV, there's nothing redeemable about Reagan. Okay. Uh, David from San Francisco wants to join the conversation. Thank you, Roosevelt. Hey, David, what's up? 
Oh, thanks, Patty. And uh, Scott, I, uh, I heard you talking about uh, conservatism, and uh, I noticed the other day uh, that the Republican Party is debating whether or not to drop conservatism uh, from their you know, description that they, uh, and, and I don't want to take entire credit for it, but I've been calling right wing stations for probably three years, uh, saying that the Republican party is not conservative. No. That, yes. Uh, thank you. It, thank you. Yeah, well, go I'm on. I'm sorry, David. I didn't interrupt. Well, slow, uh, slow and steady wins. The race is conservative. And uh, when you start looking at a guy like Trump uh, or Reagan, for that matter, uh, they basically were gamblers. They were uh, using uh, techniques uh, which were, uh, you know, financial shenanigans, financial tricks uh, to claim that they had a sound economy, but they were basically liars. And uh, when I heard Scott talking about, um, you know, support for a small, I think you said it was a nail salon. Well, a hair uh, salon, whatever. It's, yeah. a, it's a metaphor. Yeah. If you think about those uh, little little shops, they actually can be great polluters. Uh, they can have all sorts of hair products or, or chemicals that if they just dump them into the sewer, uh, the entire uh, sewage system, uh, you know, the, uh, basically the sewage system of Chicago and every major city doesn't need all sorts of heavy chemicals to uh, break apart their, uh, their, there's a sort of a composting that happens to, to sewage. And when you start dumping things down the uh, down the drain, you actually uh, somewhat poison the system for uh, the sewage system, and you can cause a small shop like that could cause, you know, half million dollars worth of damage if they dumped enough junk. And then, in addition, if you've got whether it's nail salon or whether it was hair, uh, the idea of diseases being spread by uh, by people who are not t- uh, keeping uh, uh, clean instruments. Uh, every barbershop in California is supposed to not use the same comb on every different person. I, I think if I, if I can, if I can, what I think you're talking about, though, is that this is why uh, regulations and, and we don't know here. You know, this is, no. this is, we don't know the other side of what the woman, the owner, like, you know, maybe didn't want to have to jump through some of those safety hoops, hoops when it comes to the kind of products that she was going to use and the precautions she was going to take, I think, is what David's getting to. Right. Right. Yeah. And these laws are made yeah, out of whole cloth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the point. That, I mean, that, so there are, I mean, these aren't made up to be annoying, right. but they, that's how they tend but to it's, be. It's the multi-layer that can often be prohibitive. David, I've got, I've got a lot of phone calls yeah. I've got to get to before I finish up. Uh, well, regulations have a purpose. And during uh, COVID, there were so many of these institutions that were claiming that they, uh, they could violate uh, the, the normal health and safety regulations. And in fact, I, I was listening to a North Carolina station. They've got uh, for the entire state of North Carolina, they've got about three three million people, and they've got twenty eight thousand dead. Here in California, uh, we've got three counties that make up three uh, three million people, and we've only got four thousand dead. So they are approximately seven times more deadly in North Carolina uh, for being a deregulation state. I, I think these are valid points, and, and, okay. and Scott says, okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, David. <laughs> I've got to run to some calls. I appreciate your input and, uh, and perspective. Have a great night. 
And then we've got, uh, let's see, who to go to. Let me go to D- Ted and then Dave and Jim. Hey, t- hey, Ted, what's going on in Bensonville? Hey, guys, thanks. Uh, you know, just real quickly, I don't need a lot of words. Under Reagan, Citizens United occurred. Is that not correct? You know, which said that a corporation is a person and allowed all the funds to go into political campaigns. I think that was under, so was, was that under Bush? I mean, the Supreme Court decision? Was it Bush or Obama? I mean, was it the Supreme Court that made that decision in the last 15 years, at least? Because that was when Obama, remember, he chastised the, the Supreme Court and said that was a bad idea? I thought it was more recent than Reagan. It could have been Reagan appointments, though. I didn't. Oh, it could be. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's. Uh, I think I heard. You know, I have to admit I didn't research it, but I did hear on your station here uh, that uh, that it, it occurred under uh, Citizens United opened up under Reagan. So you know, I stand. It been, it, no, it might have been. It, it might have been. Happened, started we just got confirmed by 2010. So under Obama. Yep. But let me see if Oops. I can. Yep. No, it's all right. But it might have... Uh, Terrible decision, by the way. Uh, I know this is going to sound... Again. <laughs> See, it's whiplash. I'm getting whiplash It's you, not Scott. whiplash because I, to say that corporations and money equals speech is anathema to any rational notion of free speech. Is that because Horrible. I've Horrible. got a pocket full of cash doesn't mean I can say more See? than or I have any more right to it than, than Patty does. I do have a headline that says Reagan era influenced Supreme Court vote in Citizens United. So, so I think there's a little bit of both, but the decision was made in 2010. Ah, uh, all right, thanks. Of hey, course, thanks for correcting me. No, no, no. And I appreciate you guys speaking. Thank you, Ted. Thank you. Have thanks, a good Ted. One. Let's see what did, see. I love Scott. You're so popular. People are calling back. Hey, Dave, Aww. what's on your mind? <laughs> hey, Patty. Thanks. It uh, brings back the old days when there was a time we used to do two calls once in a while when the show wasn't that popular. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> back when, uh, when it. That's your show back when, way back when, like 14, 15 years ago. When okay. I, started, I, 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 that's okay. So, We've all. Anyway, <laughs> okay, Dave, go ahead. I, I got sidetracked listening to Brother Roosevelt's thread from what I was going to talk about. So let me go on, let me tag on to his stuff on, about Reagan. I had a best friend of mine I worked with at the time, he was unemployed, and he was in the unemployment office and he asked one of the guys there, where did his life start and the guy someone told him when reagan got elected or so and then uh, and think about reagan was the one that was against patco but if you recall at the same time he's the one that kept harping that poland deserved to have a union remember solidarity yeah yeah solidarnosc and, uh, and with uh, lech walensa and that and and then along with the thing about the aids at one time he was, uh, they kept thinking it was a gay cancer, and they were just going to kill each other off. They didn't think they, it happened to they, them. They and would joke they, about they it, had, yeah. Yeah, there yeah, was a guy that was giggling. One of yeah. his, his aides was giggling up at the podium that time Yeah, about that. And that's, so, yeah, I agree with that one guy. You know, like, no uh, pity for him and that. But uh, what I was briefly going to say so you get together was about when Trump wanted to abolish the... Uh, Constitution. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know where to begin on that. And how do people? Yeah, that's. Are yeah. you listening? Are you listening? I do follow the uh, the crazies on the right wing crazies on uh, the Twitterverse and all that, and and the, their responses. That's not what he meant. 
They're saying this is just. A, I mean, I think it was Dan Proft who actually retweeted something too. He said that's not. You guys are just. You you guys on the on the left are just misreporting what he actually friggin' said. Thank you for editing there. I appreciate yes, it. you're welcome. He had it in writing. Yeah. He yes. said abolish. The, he said and, uh, yeah. Yeah. But then you haven't heard no. Mitch McConnell's or no uh, nope. Kevin McCarthy's. No, nope. actually, actually, Dave, you have, but have you? I mean, honestly, you have, but it is so milk toast, and so. Well, you know, he says things, and things get said, oh and God. then they're said, okay. and it's just, you're well, just going, "Oh my God!" Nope. Yep. But yep, you know, yep, these yep. are the same people that in the past have talked about wanting to take away Medicare and Social Security and that. Yep. You know so. Well, and they think that Trump is A-OK as long as he's winning. I mean, now that there's a little crack in the veneer, you can see some Republicans moving. But it is laughable. I mean, I have been a never Trump Republican when when I was a Republican. And uh, uh, trust me when I tell you, actually, I had to get waxed on the air because Patty... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he lost a lot of bets because I told him he kept saying that, that Trump wasn't going to make it to pass this first debate. And, the, and, then and he, he would... said something. Then he did to grab him by the, you know, and I said, OK, that's it. It's over. Nope. He, and Patty on the air would say he's going to gain five, po- Here, three or four points. On here's this. the thing. And not only was I right, but I had an executive at that station who grabbed my near that part. And the station was like, yeah, tough. Anyway, I got to run. Dave. I got to make sure I get the gym. Hey, hey, Patty, real quick. It kind of bewilders me how how does Trump have such a Rasputin-like grip on all of these uh, Republicans? Well, see, and that's the thing. Uh, Scott never did. Scott was never entranced by Trump never, at all. Never, ever, no. ever, no. ever. Anyway, let me clear off. You got one more. Thank you, thank more. you Dave. All right. Thanks again, Patty. Thanks Great for talking to you, Dave. And thanks for making me more popular. Look <laughs> <laughs> at the gym. Hey, Jim, what's on your mind, my friend? <laughs> I didn't mean to pick at you, but I got a quick story. I used to go to the track with a priest, and he voted for Reagan. I said, well, why'd you vote for Reagan? Because he was good in King's Row. Well, he was the first celebrity. His wife divorced him. Jay claimed to divorce him because he sat in a room for eight hours a night and watched the movie over and over and over again until she couldn't take it anymore, and she divorced him. Which movie? Another good story. Shane Weinman, King's Row, he got his right oh, King's Row, yeah, where's the rest of me? Yeah, he laid in a bed. Well, it was the only, it was the only movie, a decent movie he made, but... Hey, 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 Bedtime for Bonzo is a classic. He also was I in know, a... But, he, but, he, but his wife divorced him because he couldn't stop laughing. He was like Trump. He just couldn't... He was on TV, he couldn't stop. His image was just... He was just adored his image. He wouldn't leave the house without an astrologer. The other thing was, when he died, when he died, one of the... they had this, on the Senate floor, somebody got up to Republican Senate, because I think we should put him on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Democrats are going to get said over my dead body. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Scott. Oh, Anyways, Patty, Reagan was too much. He was the first celebrity president on to, to this nut. If he wasn't a celebrity speaking on TV all the time and speaking around like a nut, he wouldn't have been elected either. You know, so that's what people fall in love with celebrities for some insane reason. And I have no them. idea. Yeah. Yeah, but no, those two guys, those two yeah. guys. Because I never heard of a Democratic celebrity. Well, no, but I've Reagan. Never heard of one. I'm well, sorry, Al Franken. I'm sorry. Democratic. Have you ever heard a Democratic celebrity? I've never heard of one. Al, Al Franken. Franken. Usually, and and ooh, the so guy that played Gopher. Democrats. Democrats. Democrats are intellectual. I'm sorry. They're intellectual. Fred Thompson was Democrats not. Are, no, he was Republican. He was Republican. So was Gopher from Left. Yeah, think, think of the think of the think of the intellect of our presidents. We, we have this Rhodes Scholar in in. Uh, Oh, I gotta go. The Rhodes Scholar. I gotta go because I'm gonna oh, be late. I'm sorry, 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 Jim. No, I'm sorry. Uh, let's uh, do I'm our sorry. breaks. I'm sorry. Everyone's I'm sorry. sorry. Reagan was the worst president in history. Anyway, let me do this. <laughs>